This is Life in FM, the Good Shepherd Fargo Moorhead podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Over the past month and change, we have had an organ project at Good Shepherd. And you guessed it, the podcast studio is right underneath those pipes. So I'm excited that everything is up and running as it should and that we can relaunch this podcast. Now, over the last month, we asked the question, why Jesus? And you can hear those responses on YouTube. But now, on the podcast, we're going to ask the question, why me? Here are our pastors giving our take. This is Life in FM. In Micah chapter 6, he has a conversation with God about how to follow God's will. He asks in Micah chapter 6, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Here ends our reading. During September, we've been asking, why Jesus? Each week, who is Jesus? Why does Jesus matter? Why do you or why might you follow Jesus? There are many answers to these questions. Jesus sees us. Jesus welcomes us. Jesus knows how terrible we can be, and he still forgives us. Jesus is showing us how God's power and presence break into the world. Now we are shifting the question as we move into October. We ask, why me? What is Jesus asking me to do? What is my church asking me to do? What are the scriptures asking me to do? And what am I wanting to do? The prophet Micah in the Old Testament gives us the answer. He asks, what does the Lord require of you? And he answers the question. It is just three things. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Those are simple words, but how do we do it? Micah and the rest of Scripture's voices don't tell us exactly what to do. At different times in my life, I have asked, what college should I go to? What job should I seek? Who should I marry? Should I have kids? How many? How much money should I be saving? What is God calling me to next? When I was in high school, I was anxious about figuring out my life, and I wanted to follow God's will for my life. I thought I had to pick the exact right things to do at each stage. Otherwise, I would ruin my life, and God and my parents and my friends and everyone else would be disappointed in me. I'm the youngest of four kids, and I was the only kid still at home when my family moved to Moorhead from Plymouth in 1991. I was in junior high, and it was a hard time in life to move. But when is an easy time, really? It took a little while for my parents to choose a church. We visited a lot of different churches. One day, the pastor from Good Shepherd rode his bike past our house. He stopped and said that he had seen us a handful of times at church and that he would love for us to join Good Shepherd. 
He asked my parents what they were interested in and then told them, we need you at Good Shepherd. You have gifts to share. Soon, my mom was teaching confirmation and my dad took on the part-time job of finance manager. Over the years, my mom led many Bible studies and still does, and my dad cooked the Wednesday night meals and he loved to pour over financial reports. What I learned is that my parents followed God's will by using their gifts to serve others. I got involved in church and in youth group and I taught church school and it was at Good Shepherd where I first saw a female pastor. We had come from a church in the cities that did not allow female pastors. During my college years, Pastor Shauna Hannon became a pastor at Good Shepherd. She was awesome and it hit me that both men and women could be pastors. It was also during college that I started dating a guy who wanted to become a pastor. I thought that was awesome and I kept saying, if we stay together, I'm gonna go to law school and you go to seminary, but I wanna learn everything that you're learning at seminary. It was my older sister who said to me, you're passionate about ministry. Why don't you go to seminary? I met with Pastor Shauna during a college break and I wondered out loud what it would be like to become a pastor. I thought a lightning bolt might come out of the sky and strike me down because I never heard the audible voice of God saying, be a pastor. Pastor Shauna said that there are many ways God talks to us and many ways to follow God's will. She said that becoming a pastor wasn't just a personal journey, but something that needs to be spoken out loud and affirmed by other people. My sister was maybe just the first one to say it out loud to me. I married the guy from college and we went to seminary together. He has since had a number of careers in addition to being a pastor, but I keep discovering new ways to serve God and others in this calling 25 years later. Good Shepherd is in a different building from the one my family started out in, just south of Concordia College, but Good Shepherd is where I saw my parents live out their faith by volunteering. It's where I first saw a female pastor. It's where I kept coming back to ask questions and to try on being a pastor. And it is a place where I've baptized the kids of people I went to high school with and where I keep learning how to do faith with longtime members and brand new faces. So why me? Because I can serve Jesus right here, and it is a privilege. Now let's hear from Pastor Maggie. Why me? According to her. So when I hear the question, why me? I really think of two answers. Uh, the first would be, why me? Well, God loves us. Now, I don't always understand why that's the case, um, but I do know that it's true. The second answer is a little uh, more like this. Why us? Because God needs us, or even better yet, God chooses to need us. The second would be this. Why me? Because God needs us. Uh, better yet, God chooses to need us. You see, God is entirely capable of changing the entire world all alone. But most often, God chooses to work through us instead. And usually, Jesus is able to take uh, the little bit that we have to offer, and he's able to turn it into a whole lot. 
Now, here's where I've watched this play out. When I worked at Bible camp, I met a couple of campers. Maybe we'll call them Jake and Tim. Now, Jake was your usual church kid. He came to church regularly. He'd been in church school for years. He just started confirmation. In fact, it was a confirmation requirement that was bringing him to camp. Now, uh, Tim was Jake's best friend, and Tim was the opposite. His family was not religious. They'd never been to church. He had never read the Bible. However, when they both came to camp together, something about being at camp really caught Tim's attention, because when he got home, he asked Jake if he could attend confirmation with him, and suddenly Tim started coming to church. After one full year of confirmation and learning about God, they ended the year with a lesson on baptism. When Tim realized that baptism is this public moment where God says, you're my child and I love you, Tim said that he wanted to be baptized. That next summer, Tim, with his family and Jake and other kids from the church, they all came back to camp, and Tim was baptized in the lake there. But what started it? Well, Jake didn't want to go to camp alone, and Tim was his best friend. So Jake said, I'll go, but not alone. And Tim said, well, I don't even know what camp is, but I'll go. Jesus took even that little bit of willingness and changed both their lives. I could share so many stories where people offered the little they had and Jesus turned it into a lot and changed their life. Um, I stood in front of the congregation once and just asked if anyone was interested in helping with church school. Uh, Now there was an adult, maybe uh, early empty nesting age, who came up and said, well, I've never worked with kids, but I'll give it a shot. Now this volunteer ended up working with the same group of kids for the next five years. During that time, uh, he ended up recruiting his own children to help, and uh, they made a little team that ended up championing the fifth and sixth grade Sunday group. Uh, This gentleman went from like a spare set of hands helping in a room to eventually leading discussions to teaching lessons to developing lessons on his own. Jesus took even just a little bit of willingness and turned it into a whole lot of life change for all the kids that he worked with. Or I guess I think of this, I worked with a single parent once of uh, three high-energy elementary-aged boys, and I asked her to help out with church school, honestly, because I knew she could handle one particularly unruly group of kids. Now, because she was a church school leader, she heard about the Feed My Starving Children mobile pack in town. She and her boys signed up to serve. While they were there, she heard stories of people in need of food and water. She was curious and so researched more. She ended up taking a trip with Feed My Starving Children to help with a food distribution in Honduras. And she came back changed. She ended up joining the Feed My Starving Children leadership team. And now she's part of the team that's leading the 10-year anniversary 10 million meal mobile pack event that's happening in our community in January. She offered just a little bit of time at first and then just kept saying yes. And Jesus was able to turn that little bit into a lot. So the question, why me? God is entirely capable of changing the whole world on his own. But most often, God chooses to work through us. So why me? Because God's work isn't done yet. And God wants our help in creating a better world. Now, if that seems intimidating, remember this. Even if all you have is a little, Jesus can use the little that we have and turn it into a lot. Now we'll hear from Pastor Taylor. Well, I'm Pastor Taylor, and I am so grateful to ponder this question, why me? Now, when I start to think about myself being involved in the sharing of the gospel, you might consider today that that's a normal thing for a pastor to do. But I think it's important for us to realize that we're all invited into this action, and there are so many times throughout my life where I have not felt equipped or called to do so. 
but the work of the Spirit and the people around me have continued to fill me up and encourage me uh, to boldly share what I've experienced with everybody. That's actually where I found uh, most of my joy in ministry, has been walking alongside those that might not always come to church. Now, what we do here is important, whether we're worshiping online or in person. But the reality is this. God didn't call all of us to come together and simply be the church in a building. God has called us to be filled up and be sent out, to go be the church for the world. Now, Good Shepherd, we gather, we grow, and then we go. And I really have lived into that go portion of our mission statement. One of the things that I love to do, both as a mission developer, was to plant a church in downtown Fargo, to walk alongside people of all classes and backgrounds, to be able to share the gospel with people who haven't donned the door of a church, maybe ever, maybe in many years, and to do life alongside them. I've lived into that call for why me? Because of my own experiences of feeling like a black sheep in the herd. Maybe you felt that way as well. Now, I grew up in a a home that wouldn't necessarily be uh, labeled Christian. I was a checklist Lutheran. I was baptized. I was confirmed. And then I was done. The reality is this. My folks and I didn't really know God's love. It wasn't a part of what we did on the daily. And so I've lived into this call as pastor of worship and mission, not just to focus on the important things that we do together, and I do believe they're important, but also that call that we have to go outside and to be justice and mercy and kindness for those that haven't experienced it in their life. Now, I love doing this, especially through an activity we call Beer and Hymns. I know a few of you probably are going, Beer and what? Seriously. It's an opportunity that we have here locally to go and sing songs, to go minister to people who might not go to church anywhere, and to do it in a loving way. Now, we're not getting too wild. We're not stepping outside of uh, maybe the guidelines of the church, but we are being the church outside of our walls. And I absolutely love being able to build relationship out in the community, to be the hands and feet, and to be the church with people who are God's beloved. Whether it's doing something like beer and hymns or in your own life, taking a step outside your comfort zone. Know that God is so grateful when you minister to God's people. Why me? Why you? Because that's how the gospel is shared, so that all may know the Good Shepherd and have abundant life in his name. We're so grateful for the opportunity today for the pastors here at Good Shepherd to answer this question, and I pray that you continue to ponder what your response would be to why me, so that all may know. Thanks be to God. Amen. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, check back weekly for new content, and if you'd like to support this important ministry of Good Shepherd, you can go to our website, knowthegoodshepherd.org giving for a one-time or recurring gift, or you can text a dollar amount to the number 84321. Thanks for being a part of the community here at Good Shepherd. This is Life in FM.